0: This is the absurd journey
1: of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast.
0: Alright, so welcome back. This is episode two, season two of the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James. And today we're diving right in because we just spent like an hour. Uh, talking about today's <laughs> topic off air. We should have recorded the... Yeah, we literally should have just recorded the discussion. Made JD edit it all <laughs> and make sense of it all. <laughs> Jonathan! Um, but so what we're talking about is, honestly, like, I feel heavy um, just from that discussion because it's something that, uh, basically, if you've been in the church for more than three days, like, you can't avoid. And um, that is the question of how god uses uh how god uses difficult situations with leaders within the church and we're all leaders within the church and we've been difficult people at Mm -hmm. some point there's no point in your life where you haven't been difficult for someone even if that someone was yourself and at some point you got to sit back and discern what was that experience What was i experiencing what was i feeling what brought that about and and so that's just what we're going to talk about today because it's it's tough and we all used to be led by this guy named lee he was like a friend of our he was like a friend slash mentor slash professor slash thing and he always used to say something gave me a feeling it was either jesus or bad pizza Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you got to figure out which one it is yeah right Right. Especially
2: when, especially when you build your entire faith off of like this one emotional moment Yeah, of like this moment, I definitively knew. And to be clear, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. I would say mm-hmm. that to a great extent, that's my salvation story, you know, um, like this one particular moment. But then when something later comes to pass to st- that maybe contradicts that moment. Oh, all of a sudden, like, was that just an emotional situation or was that like, was God still in that moment, you know? So, yeah, I I think this is a conversation as pastors like that we have, this might be the most frequent conversation I have. If it's not, it's really up there. It's really up there.
0: And it's tough when people come to you and they want you to discern for them. Like, hey, tell me what I, what, what I experienced in this moment. Is what I experienced in this moment real or not? And sometimes, sometimes it's fairly obvious. Sometimes you can say like, oh, that was heightened emotion or that was, uh, you know, whatever. And sometimes you can say, yeah, that was definitively God because it checks out exactly with scripture. But it's not always, it's not always that easy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I grew up Pentecostal in the apostolic Pentecostal church, but I really took root of my faith in the fundamentalist. So I grew up in the black Pentecostal version, but then I went to like the white fundamentalist version and it's, I meant Jesus. Like I can't explain it any other way than I was at church camp and I felt the Holy ghost and it captured me. And my life is drastically different today as a result of that church camp. I cannot deny that experience. But after that experience, as I like went home and started attending that church, there was just a lot of wild stuff that would happen over the next few years. I mean, the lead pastor of that church stood up on stage and he called me and other African American members of our church uh, liabilities and said he was going to turn us into assets uh and all types of Whoa. other like crazy foolish things that he would say to us personally and from the pulpit and other folks there would say and then on top of that the experience that I had that I felt like that I know I don't feel that I know is real I know Jesus met me in that experience and changed me and is changing me like that was the start but it's pentecostalism. So the key phrase for any pentecostals out there is, is, is the the lord told me, the holy ghost told me. So how do you test someone when they say like the lord told me or the holy ghost told me? Yeah. Well, the obvious answer is you say scripture. You know, I don't get down with most of his stuff, but John Calvin in the Institutes says that the language of the holy spirit is the holy scripture. So mm-hmm. it is our ultimate litmus test on mm-hmm. the side of heaven we weigh it with the scriptures some of the stuff that happened i'm like okay like i see how that could scripturally happen people prophesied in scripture people rebuked uh in scripture mm-hmm. people did x y and z in scripture mm-hmm. but then as i go back and i look at it i'm like man dang like that caused a whole lot of hurt And now, years later, like, you're not even, like, you're not even really about that life. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's crazy. And like you, I have conversations with folks often Mm -hmm. who have these incredible experiences with God. And experiences with God are often surrounded by experiences with people. Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, I had this great experience, but my pastor cheated on his wife my worship leader got strung out on drugs and the stories just boom, 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 boom. And they're like, because this happened, was my experience real? I'm not going to lie to you. I I asked the same questions as they do. Man. ask the same questions as they do.
2: I think a super common struggle that a lot of people, a lot of like my friends um, are having right now is I think that it's pretty common. It's unfortunately common um, when pastors fall from grace. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that, when that happens, if you were a part of that congregation, or if that pastor, either knowingly or unknowingly, was a foundational part of your faith in that you learned so much about scripture for them from them or you learned about leadership or just you know god whatever um and then they fall from grace and by fall from grace i mean have some sort of like moral failure right um to the scales of like them being removed from their position that brings up a lot of questions of well this person was clearly operating outside of the bounds of the gospel. So when they told me the gospel and I felt something, like, was God in it? Or was that just them being a really, really convicting speaker, a really, really like compelling emotional communicator? When when we have older people in our lives that played an influential role in discipleship or in our faith and then the older and by older i want to say like more mature we become in our own faith we realize the areas where we differentiate from that person the areas where they might feel a certain way that we don't necessarily agree with or we don't necessarily feel is in accordance with our understanding of jesus does that does that mean that like my whole discipleship experience with that person is now like, it's now in question. And I think the, the thing that I'm watching happen is that so many people, I would say our age and even like below, um, are wrestling with their experience of a downfall of a faith leader. And, the ramifications that has on their individual faith or the questioning that it causes that they have of of god because so much of what i learned from god was from that from that person how do you how do you coach somebody and i'm literally asking this like Mm -hmm. how do you coach somebody that comes to you on that because i mean i'll just speak for me it happens quite frequently where people will say like i think like i'm cool with the whole like jesus thing but church ah, i don't know man it's just a lot of like it's a lot of corrupt pastors it's a lot of hurt it's a lot of prophet it's a lot of like i don't know like some of these churches really be out here bro and like i think i could be cool with jesus but i'm not sure that you know what i mean like how do you like coach people through that
0: you know i think one of the lessons that if i could go back to young year one leadership me like 20 early 20s a living room full of young girls who are just wanting to learn about the bible i wish i could give myself then this piece of advice because i think it would have saved me a thousand and one heartaches from then to like year two of planting third street And that is when somebody wants to dump all of their hurt and anger about another person onto you. You got to discern the difference between processing and lashing out because they're two different things. And I feel like if I could go back to me then, I would have told myself to ask that person questions that were more about themselves and the root of the issues as opposed to what happened and why do you feel like you don't like that person? Or why do you feel like they're a bad leader? Why do you feel like that was a bad place? Because they probably were not 100% a bad leader, and it probably was not 100% a bad place because 99.9% of Christian leaders I know all have started with good intentions, and I would say even even if you were to, to ask them, they would say, I'm making the best decisions that I can. I don't know. I, I literally can't think of anyone sitting here right now that I would say they are they're making decisions out of malice or they're making decisions only thinking of themselves. I actually don't believe that about anyone that I could name. What I would want when processing with that person is to ask them questions about themselves, to get to the root of where their disappointment lies, to get to the root of what it is that is actually hurting them. Because things like anger, they're secondary emotions that are rooted in something else entirely. And when I've processed my own life experience and my own experiences with the church, what's actually been my issue was not at all what I thought was the issue to start with. And I've said it before that my, my huge fault and all of my hurt came from holding sins of broken people as ke- ke- ah, holding the sins of broken people as equal with the character of God. Mm-hmm. Those leaders are not God. They're just doing their best to teach and communicate his word because they love it and because they love people. I don't know a single leader of anything that wouldn't tell you that they love people. The best celebrity pastors are in the positions they've been in, I wholeheartedly believe.
2: They did a good job loving somebody.
0: Yes, because they loved so many people so well that they gained a huge following. And then we live in a broken world and they end up getting crucified as celebrities when I wholeheartedly believe it all started because they loved so many people so well that people followed them. And so if I could do anything to help somebody who's trying to discern it would be to redirect the questions and redirect the focus to be how were you feeling in that moment what exactly about that situation made you feel that way mm-hmm. to get to that root
1: and that's that's so real and just what you touched on there like it's the problem with cancel culture Ugh, especially within Christianity Because what cancel culture does is cancel culture says, you know what, celebrity person or person who did X, I'm taking you off of the throne. You're canceled. What it actually does is it says, like, I'm putting me on the throne. Mm -hmm. I'm putting my opinion. I'm putting my perspective. Mm -hmm. I'm putting my view on the throne. When as the people of God, Jesus should be on the throne. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the enthroned one. And what cancel culture does is cancel culture says, like, I, we, my mob, my tribe is right. Yeah. Like, we are exactly right. Mm -hmm. And it takes the complexity of every situation Mm -hmm. and avoids it. It avoids it because we people are complex and situations are complex. Yeah, I love how propaganda says it. You're so right. God draws straight lines with crooked people.
0: Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. think
1: that's like the... That's a story of scripture. Like, yep. you look at Abraham, like, he's a crooked, shady dude. Yep. And God starts drawing, like, for no reason. Mm-hmm, for no reason other than his goodness. He starts drawing straight lines. He starts drawing the literal words, like, redemption, mm-hmm. with this crooked dude. And the reality is, like, man, if we want to cancel somebody, we can't read scripture. That's right. Yeah. We cancel everybody. Bro all of them cancel Abraham cancel Noah cancel David cancel Paul cancel Peter cancel them all except for Jesus except for Jesus except for Jesus everybody else gets canceled
2: you know, which he, which is ironic because society was trying to cancel him <laughs> right. while he was here so right. we'd probably end up canceling Jesus too to be honest
0: you know what though you brought up Peter and i was thinking about him earlier um i think when Corey was talking because, you know, we, we, look at, we look at our leaders, our church leaders, our pastors, you know, leaders of parachurch ministries, whatever it might be, we look at these leaders and we expect them to be flawless and we expect them to discern the voice of God flawlessly, but we forget that they're people. Remember, Jesus called, called Peter Satan. <laughs> Yeah. As a as a result of trying to seek his savior, Peter got overzealous about something and was like, "No, Jesus, don't do it!" And he far be it from you, Lord. Yes, uh. like Jesus, or, or I'm sorry, Peter literally tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross yeah. <laughs> out of a love for him. And I wholeheartedly believe that when Peter did that, he had all of the best things in mind. And then Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. But that's the same person that that Jesus looked at and said, upon this rock, upon you, Peter, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. But lest we not forget that Peter was called Satan at one point, that Peter denied Jesus at one point, but the entire early church was built on Peter. Peter.
2: I don't I, I want to be like super clear because I don't want to I don't want to exempt anybody who is in a position of that significant of influence from any, like, from being held accountable to any wrongdoing right yeah. like i don't i don't want to exempt yeah. them from that and i even believe that like scripture outlines that that they will be held accountable in a way that a lot of people won't be mm-hmm. uh, uh, also story. i also want to remind everyone though that that is for god to decide yeah not for us to decide to what extent they get held accountable, to what extent they get judged, to what extent they're held more responsible than the people that they were leading is not up to us. No.
1: Yeah, and the reality is we, and I say this as like a Christian leader, I talk on stage all the time, teaching a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Like I, It's my job to teach the scriptures to people. The reality is, God moves and He works in spite of all of us, mm-hmm. That's right. because we're all crooked people. That's so right. He works and He moves in spite of all of us. And the God of the universe, Yahweh, speaks through donkeys.
0: <laughs> so
1: if Yahweh <laughs> speaks through donkeys,
0: right? Though
1: that means that my experience that I had, if I experience God, it doesn't matter the vehicle that it came from. Like God moves through. Yeah. The old, the old saints, God works in mysterious ways, Mm -hmm. right? He works in mysterious ways and he works in spite of all of us. So, yeah, I've been processing lots of experiences. I mean, I went back, me and Max, I know you're probably not listening to Max, but if you do (laughs) shout out big homie, we went to we went back to the church camp. Just uh, two weeks ago, we went back to church camp. They were having a service, and it was beautiful. I felt the Holy Ghost, goodness gracious, because I, I had, like, we've been talking about it for two years, basically, asking each other, like, we're like, man, we're so far away from that. Was it? Like, was it real? Was it real? Was like, it real? Yeah. Was it, was it real? Was it really real? <laughs> like, like, was it real? And I went back, and goodness gracious, it was beautiful. Like, it was absolutely beautiful, and I absolutely felt God. And just seeing teenagers just, it, it sparked something, like, hardcore in me. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we got to run at some stuff. Like, I'm like, man, just seeing them encounter God that way, I was like, man, like, save my life, change my life. I think the experience is out of God, and it transcends the, the sins of broken people.
0: All right, let's pause for one second because something that's super important to all of us is tools. And there's actually going to be a really practical tool coming right here to Canton, Ohio on October 7th and 8th. And that's the absurd conference. There's going to be a pre-conference. There's going to be options to jump into year-long learning communities and the uh, day-long conference itself. And so we just want to give you a little more information on that right now. Righteousness is justice.
1: Righteousness is peace.
2: To be righteous is to be Christ-like. To seek righteousness is to seek God's plan for all of us.
1: Diversity is found in righteousness.
0: Unity
2: is found in righteousness.
0: Rest is found in righteousness.
2: Righteousness
0: is the goal. If we aim for righteousness, we have everything. Righteousness over everything.
2: Righteousness over everything. Righteousness over everything. Righteousness over everything. 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 But how? It's not easy, it's not simple,
0: it's not quick, but it is possible.
2: It sounds absurd. We are absurd.
0: This is absurd. Absurd 2021.
1: October 7th
2: and 8th,
0: Canton, Ohio. All right, so let's jump into uh, discerning, um, understanding, figuring out what it is that we were experiencing, putting language to it. Um, and figuring out basically was it was it this a one time thing that God used because it was a donkey, um, or also can you like explain that because there's probably people who have no idea what God talking through a donkey even was.
1: Yeah, the prophet, the, the prophets of Baal. Um, yeah, God spoke through God spoke through a donkey. He literally, if you read, what is it in First Kings? I think so. Yeah, there's a story of God literally like. Prophesying and warning someone through speaking through a donkey and he'll mm-hmm. he'll speak yeah if he can if he can prophesy through a donkey he can prophesy he can prophesy through uh through broken people mm-hmm. he can prophesy through broken people as well
2: so how do you know especially for those who like have had those experiences even the one that you mentioned at the top of this how do you know when it's God speaking through an ass, and when it's an ass being an ass.
1: (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, let Let me get a little hood theology real quick. God has attributes, right? And God's attributes, some of them are attributes that only God can display, and some of those are attributes that we in our limited human form can display. So There are attributes that are incommunicable, ones that we cannot display, and attributes that are communicable. One of the incommunicable attributes of God, ones that we cannot display at all, is God's immutability. What does that mean? It means that God is unchanging. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, so says Hebrews chapter 13, verses eight. Mm -hmm. So if God is the same yesterday, today, Mm -hmm. and forevermore, then the experience That we had is an experience that we can have again.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You hear me? It's an experience that we can have again. We may have it in different ways, and God may encounter us in a different way and through a different means and through a different vehicle, but he will still encounter us. Example, when I was at church camp in 2008, I was overcome with emotion, right? I was completely overcome. Like, God, yeah, he just did something crazy. I felt love. I felt grace. I felt forgiveness. It was this big, wild, emotional experience. Now, uh, what was that? Almost 14 years later, I went back to the church camp experience. I'm a completely different individual now. Like, i I'm a whole lot different. The way I process <laughs> the world is a lot different. Uh, the way I emotionally encounter things are a lot different than they were then. But guess what I still encounter? I encountered God in a deep and beautiful way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this big emotional experience, but I heard his voice. I felt his embrace. It was beautiful. It felt Less like a wave crashing over me, and more like a hug, and it was inc- it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, here's how you can tell: I believe when it's not, if it's emotionalism, our emotions are fleeting. Our emotions are completely fleeting. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the night that the Cavs won the NBA championship. Oh,
0: man, never forget it. Like, Whew.
1: the range of emotions that I felt. In the last three minutes of that game, I went. I I experienced them all. A fear, like when Kyrie shot that shot, it was fear. <gasps> like relief when, <sighs> like relief when, like when it went in. When LeBron blocked the shot, it was excitement. <sighs> when he went for the dunk and he fell on his wrist, it was like, oh bro, I was it was desperation. I was like, oh no, he sucks at free throws. He's not going to hit them. They're going right. to get it back. And they're gonna. The Splash Brothers are gonna end this. The range of emotions in those few minutes—that's a microcosm for our lives. If it's emotionalism, we experience emotion that is dependent on external circumstances. As Mm -hmm. humans, so if it's an emotional experience, we might not experience. Like we might not experience it again. If it's just an emotional experience that's dependent on an external circumstance. Then that means that the external, if the external circumstance changes, then, yeah,
2: we can't experience
1: that again. We can't experience it again. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I think that's a that for me has become a, if I experience it again, and it may be in a different way, but if I experience it again, and man, is it beautiful to feel and experience God, then, man, it's God. But if not, I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it was God. I can give a small example. Uh Yeah, I don't even think any I don't know if people even remember this Here in old, good old Stark County There was a service back in the day It was called Ruined It was in Hartville It was this It was like this It was this like It was this experience You went there And somebody was giving you a word It was like you worshipped Somebody was giving you a word I've never heard of this Oh yeah, it was. it was back in the day It was back in the day I went up like, cause I wanted to receive a word. I was feeling the ghost. I went up and I was trying to receive a word. I go up and folks were laying hands. I think they just wanted to touch my hair. I had an Afro. Oh, man. oh my god! <laughs> an Afro. Man. I think they just wanted to touch an Afro. Oh, oh my god! No. Now some folks just want to touch an Afro. So oh everybody gosh. put their put their hands right on my. It was hot out. They oh put they put their hands right on my head and they started prophesying i've never heard that prophecy again or those or those words again i've never heard mm-hmm. i've never heard those words again yeah so i think that's like <laughs> i've never oh. quite had that experience it's again a one-off that was a one-off yeah
0: that's a lot that uh that you just threw at us i feel like oh. there's a lot of things to process there's so much there in there and oh man cory what do you uh what has helped you discern you know what is jesus what is bad pizza or you know the insane amount of giggling that you had off the mic over was it <laughs> was it an ass speaking or an ass being asked i wish i had to mute his mic i don't know if anybody james i don't know if you saw i had to mute his mic because he started giggling like oh, so a little kid i feel like when i'm Oh. And then I immediately was like, my grandma's about to be so mad at me. Oh my goodness. So yeah. What, is, what uh. has helped you though, in all seriousness, uh, processing your own experiences? Cause you've also grown up in multiple denominations. Mm-hmm. You've been under so many pastors. You've been a Christian in multiple States. Like what, what has helped you um, discern situations and, and move from, Uh, This is, my faith is wrecked because of X, Y, or Z leader to, no, my faith is intact because I understand that people are people and I've learned how to weigh things. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's nothing, there's
2: nothing I can say that like, that like you didn't just perfectly articulate. Um, I think, I think like I can just, I can just add how I've seen it, you know, like how I've seen like, you know, healing how how god can use use healing in a various amount of people right like it's not like healing comes from one place it's not like we all go see this one pastor mm-hmm. over you know o- o- over some healing you know and it's not like um yeah got like god i think it's beautiful that he doesn't work like that right like this is this is the master of all this spiritual gift you know um but but that God uses so many situations and so many, um, so many different broken people. I think honestly, like the helpful thing for me, the most helpful thing for me has just been has just been a perspective shift, of just appreciating, learning the difference between appreciating what God can do for a person, or let me say that differently, learning what God can do through a person. As opposed to learning to appreciate a person for what they did for my faith,
1: mm-hmm. does, does that make That's
2: sense weird? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, so instead of appreciating the person who spent the most time with me, discipling me and, and holding them in this position of honor of like, I don't know where I'd be without them. Instead, my perspective needed to become like, I really, really appreciate what God accomplished through that person and has done for, and in my life. Mm-hmm. Because if that perspective doesn't shift, then I hold everything that that person does as you were saying rachel as the character of god Mm -hmm. so when that person comes at me with something that i strongly feel convicted against or when that person kind of does something that's a little outside of the bounds of what i think they ought to be doing i know i don't feel the pressure then of holding that as god is outside of the bounds of what god said god was going to do does that make sense like like is that clear like it's it's it's, it's a difference. Right. And I don't think that that's, that that's one, a distinction that a lot of Christians make when we, when we see people fall from grace, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And for me, I think another like big barrier and big marker for me was as I was trying to figure it out, like I talked to Max about it cause he was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like God speaks to us and I think God confirms things in these ways also. Like He confirms things through His Holy Spirit. He confirms things through his scriptures, but yeah. he also confirms things through the saints. And like Max, like, I was like, Bro, when I told him what was on my heart, he was like, I've been thinking the same thing too. So we talked about it, we processed it, we prayed together, and then we went we went back together. So that when we went back, we had the whole hour and a half drive back to say, All right. And we, we were able to process it together. So I think, like, in community, like, going back to people who experienced it with you, I think that's the, it's one of the things I love most about Christianity is it's not doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like, it's not, Man. it's not a faith of isolation. Like, I can say to someone else, like, this is what I'm processing. This is where I'm at. You experienced the same thing. Where are you at? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? and we come to a conclusion together I think is yeah super important
0: and I think something to check too is you know the the leader or the experience or whatever it is that you're processing is that person growing mm. because you know some of the experiences that you've talked about you know that was like 10 years ago or something whatever you know whatever 2008 13 13 years. right so like Gosh. 13 years ago right oh, so like if you ran into that person today and and saw their prayer life is a little bit different the way they lead is a little bit different i know you and i know you're going to be like it's so good to see you what All do you love. you know what do you, yeah like when you see that leaders are constantly growing that's the mark of a good leader and when and when you allow opportunities for leaders to just be people it all of a sudden gives them room to grow in your own perspective when you when you are confront when you're in a position of leadership and you're confronted by some sort of issue that has to do with you it always stings at first When you feel it, it stings. But if you are a growing and maturing leader, you're going to step back. You're going to say, wow, what did I do that made them feel that way? What did I present that made somebody interpret it that way? What did I say or what were my nonverbals or what was this or that about me that put off that vibe? And you're going to work to change that about yourself so that you don't make somebody feel that way again. If if somebody approaches you and says, hey, the way you prayed over me was actually really uncomfortable, you're going to step back and you're going to say, oh, crap, I don't want to represent God that way. What did I say? Or what was my posture? Or what was this or that that made you feel uncomfortable? And you're going to try to pray a little differently the next time you pray over somebody, and so, if you know, if whoever it is that you're struggling with or that you're trying to work through, if you are not allowing them the opportunity to grow, you're not allowing you or them to heal over the situation. And so, that's just something I would want to to caution because I know, like, one of my favorite uh, people, one of my favorite leaders. He, there, you know, he's now a friend. Like, I love him. He and I have like you know, duked it out. Like we have, we have yelled at each other. We have fought, like we have done, we have, if you saw us in some of our like spats, you would think we were literally brother and sister because of the way that we have conversed because we have both allowed each other the opportunity to grow. And he's probably one of my favorite people to call now and say, hey, like I need you to pray over this situation because I know that he will. And I know that I can trust his leadership And so you've got to allow people the opportunity to be human, but you've also got to speak up if it's somebody that you're trying to keep in your life as a leader.
2: Yeah, I think the only the only thing that I would that I would tack on Mm -hmm. is to the point to the point that you made of like the importance of community around you. I would also like add that the opposite is true too, as Mm. like the importance of your personal relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. So it gets difficult in the initial, in the initial encounters with God was that initial encounter with God emotional or was it like that? That's where it gets tough, but in the progression of your faith, when you see when you see something when something gets prophesied over you that doesn't quite line up or or when something when something happens that all of a sudden maybe detracts from something that you felt or something like whenever these things happen this is where your personal relationship with Jesus is so important because you ought to know how God speaks to you. You ought to know the things that God is trying to do in your life. You ought to probably have an inclination in what he's preparing for you. So that way when somebody else says something that's a little out of line with like what you've been hearing God say, you know that. You know what I mean? Like that's how you know. Because I know I know what God has done. I know what God is teaching me. I know what God is taking me through and that's not that's not quite there and rather than rather than you know like crucify a leader for it just understand it for whatever it for whatever it is that you know what that just that one wasn't for me like that word may have been for somebody i don't know that's between him and god but like or her and god but like that one wasn't for me you see what i'm saying and like like you gotta know what Mm -hmm. god like the how god speaks to you because god will say it to you too god doesn't speak to you exclusively through other people, right?
0: Mm -hmm. right, So I feel like we dropped a lot. I feel like we dropped a lot. And honestly, I feel like that was the perfect bow on the end of it. So listen, hopefully, hopefully something in there was a nugget that is helpful. Um, If you got stuff that you're trying to discern, I always encourage you reach out to somebody that you trust Talk to somebody um, who you know is going to point you to God and not just tell you, yeah, you're right, get him, because that's never helpful. And so um, thanks for being with us. We'll be with you again in two weeks. Bless up. Bless
1: up.